You are listening to Stoned with me, Ryan Stone. Each week, I will be diving deep into a brand new topic, sharing thoughts, research, and opinions that are bound to get me in trouble. So sit back, get stoned, and enjoy. And we're back. Episode three. We've talked about me. We've talked about weed. I forgot. And the logical next step is to talk about drag. So that's what we're going to do, motherfuckers. But first, I'm going to need to get stoned for this because if, if, as any drag artist knows, talking about drag is a headache. So let me go get stoned and I'm going to be right back. Oh, oh my goodness. <coughs> okay, so just like last week, we are going to first start off by talking about my history with drag. And then in the second half, we'll go ahead and talk about what what drag kind of is on a more objective scale. <coughs> We're also going to be talking about um, my personal transition through my drag character, I guess. I don't personally say that I do a drag character, but um, that's the best way I can say it. So let's get to it. First off, just like I said in uh, the first episode, I met my drag mom when I was on a uh, school thespian trip. So basically, my high school was a not a big high school by any means, but we had about I want to say about seven students um, going to the International Thespian Conference. It was only the second time we've ever done this. Excuse me. And um, so my drag mom, Narcisca, was um, the only student from her school who was actually wanting to go. So she went on our bus with us. So... Um, we sat near each other on the bus and we ended up getting um, put in the same room together. So after the long days of being a loud thespian gay, I would come back to my to the, the little dorm room that we were staying in and we would um, I would always see her putting on like this drag makeup to do like talent shows or whatever it was just it was really fascinating to me so we went out and we went to the talent show and she was in drag and she actually won she won the talent show and then so that was pretty much what happened there and then we came back to albuquerque where we both lived and we got together started talking about um how i could start doing drag what kind of stuff i needed to start doing it um, she talked, she taught me how to do a basic drag face. She definitely was not the kind of drag mom who tells me what to do, who was like, picks my name and, uh, you know, tells me what kind of style to have, all this shit. No, no, she, she literally just told me what kind of basic shit I needed and like how to develop my style, which was really cool. And so it took me about, I was uh, 17 at the time. I was doing a lot of very... Like I said in the first episode, I think very American horror story coven looks. I loved, I mean, I still 
do all black and stuff like that. But I wanted to just be a witch and nothing has changed, but my style has gotten a lot better. So over the course of about four years, I developed my makeup and I developed my drag and I became a really good performer. And then the pandemic hit <laughs> and the pandemic kind of put everybody's life on hold. Right. So nobody was doing drag shows anymore. Nobody was doing any kind of stuff like that, which is something that I was sort of already used to because I had come from that kind of bedroom queen type of scene where you do a lot of practice. You do a lot of makeup already with no intention to go out. You know what I mean? To just to practice. So I was doing a lot of at home stuff and then, um, me and my drag mom, Narcisca, decided to start doing a weekly live stream. So what we do is we go on Facebook or Instagram Live. We switch between the two and we just put our makeup on together. And every week we have a different theme. Upcoming this October, we're going to have super spooky Halloween themes, which is going to be really, really exciting. But um, that definitely, I think, gave both of us not only a boost of um, you know, energy giving us something to do every single week and something drag related where we can also collect tips from this live show. So we can earn, a, it's not a lot of money, but we can earn a tiny bit of money feeling good about doing our drag again. So that was something that was like really appreciated. And so, yeah, I mean that my drag story is a little bit boring in Albuquerque, their drag scene is really cool because there's not a lot of money in it, but there's a lot of really badass artists in New Mexico as a whole. So it's super free form. It's super do whatever the fuck you want because you're not really going to get paid anyway. <laughs> so everybody there has incredible styles and incredible like points of view. And it gave me a lot of confidence to be able to develop what I wanted to do. And eventually I got into this place where during the pandemic recently, I hit a rut and I was just looking at the exact same face I was posting on Instagram every other day. And I didn't really see anything that I wanted in the future of it. And I had this entire mental. I don't want to say break, but like I just totally reevaluated what I wanted my drag to be like. And so I developed this new idea of this more masculine drag character with the darker contour lines and the white face and a very masculine um, structure in, in the body and everything. And it's been really fun to play with this new like avenue of drag because I can play with my femininity and my masculinity all at once. And I don't know, it's it sounds weird, but it feels a lot more me. So um, yeah, that's really exciting for me. I don't know if if you're a drag artist listening to this, I'm sure you you kind of know that feeling you've been through something like that, where you kind of I mean, any artist gets you, you start seeing the exact same thing that you're making all the time. And you're like, why am I doing this? I'm not fulfilled from this anymore. So completely changing it up and everything has given me 
a great new avenue. And the Get Snatched live stream has been awesome because I've been able to practice and test out new stuff. And the audience is really great and everybody's super welcoming. And that has been a really great way to test out this brand new face. So yeah, that's I think that's my my drag background. I'm going to take a quick break and then we can dive into um, kind of the concept of drag as a whole. So we'll be right back. You know, I love how I call it a quick break because to you, it's literally a matter of milliseconds. But we're back <laughs> and let's dive right on into what drag kind of is on a conceptual level. So drag I, you know, this is coming from my own brain. I would love to do a drag part two episode where I do a lot more research and a lot more um, facts. But for now, this is this is all just coming from my uneducated, stupid brain. So please do not hate me. If I get something wrong, it's probably going to happen. But here we go. So drag has been around, as far as I know, as long as gender has been around because gender has been easy to play with, but um, it became super popularized in the underground queer scene in New York and like, um, obviously in the underground queer scene everywhere when um, being gay was illegal in the US and everything like that. And so drag has been around for a super long time and a lot of Drag has been centered around the idea of a man dressing up as a woman trying to look passable, feminine, and gorgeous. And as far as that might be true for some people, that definition has expanded hugely since, since you know, this era. And now there's so many artists who are open and free and a lot of young people who are open about who they are from day one and they start doing their art immediately. And so it's opened up this avenue for a lot of people of all different genders and bodies and all different kinds of people to explore what they want drag to look like. So um, women doing drag is, you know, not only a thing, but it's it's something that has been around for a very long time because of transgender females who have been doing drag and stuff like that. Speaking of transgender females, transgender females originated the art of drag and really built it up to what it is. So in places like queer bars or places like that, there's a lot of um, transphobia and that's really extremely fucked up bottom line because trans people are like basically the reason that the queer scene is the way it is. So um, yeah, also women are a huge part of the drag scene. Women not only doing drag, but also going to see drag shows and supporting their um, brothers who are drag queens and all kinds of stuff like that. Women have always played a huge role in not only the queer community, but the drag community as well. So um, those are some definitely some misconceptions that a lot of people have is that it's it's for men who want to dress up as women. That could be true, but that 
is definitely a definition of the past. Also, as far as drag, it has developed so far that you can do, you could produce drag with nothing but a laptop. You know what I mean? You can make mixes or you can edit photos or you can do, I mean, there's just so many avenues of, of what you, your drag can look like. I personally love doing makeup. That is my absolute favorite part of drag. For some people, they don't care about it at all. And that's totally fine. And their art and their drag is still super artistic and very valid because there's a lot of different pieces and aspects to this art. What else? So uh, RuPaul let trans people and AFAB people and all kinds of people on your stupid show. Um, JK Rowling needs to eat literal shit because trans women are more women than some biological women or AFAB women out there. So those two things will just get right out of the way because it's up in the air right now and I just want it to make to make it clear the drag world has expanded far beyond the need for not only transphobia but phobia against anybody in the queer community including phobia against the quote-unquote white cis gays because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind and bitch. Maybe that's what's that's for the best. No, I'm, no, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that's my take on it. I'm also an extremely vocal person, so I get myself into trouble a lot. And the drag and the queer community can definitely at attack. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, just like every community, there are innate social issues within and there are things that should be dealt with better or differently. That's just the way any social group is and no no job is perfect. So even being a drag queen is going to suck sometimes. Or drag artist, any drag artist in the world. Speaking of which, I personally am still screwing around with calling myself a drag queen because I've been a drag queen for five years and I just started doing this masculine thing. So I'm trying to call myself a drag artist full time. Forgive me when I fuck that up, but it's going to happen. <laughs> but I do consider myself a drag artist. Um, I think that's going to be all for this. Um, make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode, of course. Um, I recorded all the first three episodes at the same time, so I haven't gotten to see any of the response, but I hope you all are loving the show, and I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more in the future, so make sure to send in any topic ideas you have for me or anything you want me to talk about. If you live in the Denver area and you want to be on the show, I would probably love to have you. I don't have issues with very many people, especially in Denver. I love everybody here. So I would absolutely love to interview some people. I want to do a, uh, I want to do a social rights episode, but I feel as a white presenting person, I cannot 
spearhead uh, an episode about social rights during the Black Lives Matter movement. So I think it would be awesome to include a queer person of color to help um, shine their perspective on that, because I think that would be a much, um, much more needed episode than me just rambling on about what I think, because who cares? So that being said, I'm going to head out. I hope you all enjoyed the episode and I'm going to see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Stoned with me, Ryan Stone. Our cover art is by John Clifton. For all other social media, you can find me at Ryan underscore stoned. And if you click the link in my bio, you can also find show merch. Make sure to tune in next Thursday to get stoned all over again. <laughs>